Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Women in Travel Tourpreneur podcast. My name is Amanda Walkins. I am the Managing Director of the Tourism Marketing Agency, and I am delighted to be joined by a fabulous panel of women today who have very different perspectives and backgrounds and tour operations. So I will um, pass this along. Caroline, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone where you're based? Sure. Thanks, Amanda. I'm Caroline Connor, and I am Wine Dine Caroline. I do luxury wine and food experiences in Lyon, France. Fantastic. And Carol, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Amanda. I'm Carol El Hawari. I am based in Egypt and I own and manage Mr. and Mrs. Egypt and literary tours in Egypt. Fantastic. And Zakia, over to you. Hi, everyone. My name is Zakia Moulawigiri and I run Invisible Cities out of beautiful Edinburgh, Scotland, um, but we also do walking tours in Glasgow, Manchester, York, um, and with plans to expand a bit further. Fantastic. And Mary, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, my name is Mary Collins. I run a food tour company called Blue Fern Travel based in Washington, D.C., and also an international archaeology company called uh, Far Horizons. So thank you. Very cool. I love that. Um, so what we'll be talking about today is how to craft tours that focus on telling the stories of women specifically. And I personally love this topic. I, I think, you know, diversifying the stories that we're telling is really important. I think representing underrepresented, you know, stories, whether that's from a women's perspective or any other variety of perspectives is so, so important um, and long overdue in the travel and tourism sector, if I'm honest. Um, so I know that uh, some of you actually run tours that are focused on women in, in the destination um, and maybe some others have recommendations for people that they know that are running that. So basically, I'd love to, to shout out any tours that you're running or that you know of so that we can sort of uplift those those efforts and and help them to, to reach a wider audience as well. So, um, Carol, I know that you have something in Egypt, right? Would you like to tell us about your women focused? Yeah, I, we have a tour called Awesome Egyptian Women. And it serves two purposes. Firstly, to raise the profile of some awesome Egyptian women who don't get much profile. And secondly, to make that this tour is for women only and it's run completely by women. So there's a female driver, female guide, female host, basically. Um, and they, it's it, some of the women who feature it, it goes right, it's right from, it's three, four thousand years worth of history from Hatshepsut 
um, and, uh, one of, and uh, a ancient Egyptian pharaoh who was, a, who was a woman and ruled for well over 20 years, right up to a modern uh, female Egyptologist who was the first ever female director of the Egyptian Museum. And she's still alive, so it goes right up to the present day. And um, it's and, and a few in between. So it's it's a I really like it. it's my one of my favourite tours uh, personally. And we wanted it to be also run by women and all the people on the staff be women to address a problem we have. Not uh, other countries have this problem too, but but perception wise, Egypt can be people can think of it as unsafe. So the point was to be come on this tour. For it's, it's only for women. The, everybody's a woman. You're the host, the guide, the driver are all women um, to make you feel perfectly safe. You can come on on your own, etc. And you can hear about some awesome Egyptian women. So I love it's that. in Cairo. It's running Cairo. It's all based in Cairo. One day in Cairo. Yeah, that's fantastic. Did you? I mean, was that sort of a mission of yours to to craft a women only? about women only and for women only tour? Yes, I can't even remember when I had the idea. It, it, um, I've had it for quite a while and suddenly the name popped into my head as well, the awesome Egyptian women name. And it was quite hard to decide which women to feature on it because um, because a lot of them are ancient Egypt and, and, and more con modern contemporary women. But the good thing about the tour is, is that the guide that, that, that runs this, she, uh, so you can talk about, so there are specific women named, but you can talk about lots of other women while you're doing it that are, you know, that were in key to Egypt's history. So, yeah, but it's something I very much wanted to do is to, and in fact, I'm going to do more, uh, more tours just for women. Yeah. So are you already seeing that there's, you know, interest and in, in definitely, definitely, yeah. And I think Egypt has such an opportunity because of, it's got thousands of years of history. But there, there were a number of key women in ancient Egyptian history who you'd get totally dominated by the, the, the male pharaohs. Mm -hmm. um, but there were some really, and it's incredible really when you look back on the history, how many women, women were significantly important in an extremely patriarchal society. So I'd yeah. like to focus on even more of them. Yeah. I love this. And Saki, I think you have something sort of similar um, that you're running in Edinburgh, at least. Yes, and I think you went on our Women of Edinburgh tour, Amanda, yeah, at the very beginning of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a Women of Edinburgh tour and um, also in Manchester, Women of Manchester, very similar, you know, reasoning. And we have in a city like Edinburgh more statues of named animals than of named women. Um, and we, so we thought, you know, the lack of representation is absurd and women are not featured in, you know, in other maybe mainstream tours or, you know, street names, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it came to my mind. So I asked you similar to what Carol was saying as well. In our, we train people who have an, a, a different experience of the cities, may have experienced homelessness. And for women, that means you know, sometimes trauma, domestic abuse, different challenges, complex issues. And uh, one of our trainees, the first time we organized training said, why don't we learn about the women? Who are the women? Where are they? And why am I hearing about 
the kinks and you know um and and she really wanted to for a role model purpose i guess you know discover them and um so we did that work together and then it was a question of empowering our our women trainees to see you know to find out um who the women were and and to discuss them and, and introduce them to the public and i think um what we talk about also on the tour is issues that are related to women so for us for example in the edinburgh tour now we talk about period poverty and why that matters and what that is and in a country like scotland who now delivers free period products in schools and in public places and things like that and so sometimes it's a bit still a bit of a difficult conversation to just they're like why are they telling me about periods and why that is especially when it's an all-male kind of you know guests but um yeah one of our guides even took it further and had tampons with her <laughs> on the tour to kind of show well, um to highlight a company and was like this is what they do and this is why it matters but also we talk about um yeah women in homelessness and how different it is than men etc so i think being the voice the spokesperson i think it matters for our guides but also um we it matters to me as a as a women um business owner and i think um it's so having that message forward is important and also it's a really good i think it's a really good product to sell because it's quite popular and people i think you know it, we have a lot of interest from different groups and different uh, schools for example who do want to um learn about it and and it's enabled us to have very cool collaborations in the cities um we have a scottish writer sarah sheridan who writes historical novels and she um I usually have it here, but I think it's in the other room. She wrote a book called Where Are the Women? And reimagined Scotland if the streets were named after women, if statues were of women and who they could be. So it's not about replacing one for the other, but more highlighting who the Scottish women are. We have a campaign right now around witches of Scotland and rehabilitating them. So kind of, you know, um, and, and that enables us to collaborate with these projects, with these people on doing different things um, in our community. So it was a no brainer, really. And then over COVID, when tours were not available and we couldn't um, have anything happen, we also developed a lot of content and merchandise related to our uh, women tours so for example we did a wee card game like a top trump like that each card is a famous woman and you have a wee blurb about who they are and and um what they achieved and why we think they're awesome um and that was super popular because people are really demanding that content and are really more and more definitely more than when i started five six years ago um wanting to have a more diverse kind of overview um, and have these conversations so it's it's also been really beneficial for us but um as a yeah even now our male guides really do want to lead the women of edinburgh tour for example is a tour that everybody can do so you don't have to be a man or a woman um but they highlight you know awesome five six seven women um for an hour and a half so I can vouch for it. It's a fantastic tour. And I also have the card game just for the record. Oh, <laughs> it's okay, great. I've learned true. so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah and, and i think for us an educational purpose was to bring it to you know when we talk about how we can change that conversation and we can have more women and have more role models i think it's important to work with the younger ones and to inspire you know other kids children um and that's why it was it was a really good move i think for us now looking backwards to have that and it's been quite popular yeah absolutely um caroline do you know of anyone who is running a like women focused or women only tour so i do highlight women winemakers that is something oh, that we talk yeah. about um in my tastings uh i I really focused on that in the beginning, but it really is at odds with my goal of finding a husband uh, in the vineyards. So <laughs> I've stepped away from it a little bit, but uh, I can give you a list. Um, but I definitely always serve at least one wine made by uh, women because we are also extremely underrepresented in the wine industry um, and women make fantastic wine. But you know, one thing that I see a lot of these days in the tourism sector and travel sector is multi-day you know, tours and retreats. And women only experiences, you know, by women for women. And I actually recently, this this past weekend, participated in a Pro Provence retreat run by my my good friend Colette Williams, um, who runs a business called Curated Health. And the purpose of this retreat was literally to ask women to to have some self care and like just enjoy a week in Provence without without working, without kids, with good food and slow walking in the lavender fields and and sitting by the pool because we are burned out, you know, and we do have different expectations set upon us than men do. We have to be perfect all the time. If I mean, totally separate, but if you are a woman or women identified or, or, or a man and you want to read a really good book called uh, Burnout by Emily and Amanda Nagoski, and it, and it really is particularly about women and how, how stressed we are when we have these insane expectations upon us. So I think there's a lot of room in the wellness travel sector for female only um, experiences and and that those are things that I'm also going to be leaning into more and you know maybe like women's wine week where we just visit female winemakers and and that kind of stuff does appeal to me because um, obviously we do need allies in men but we also do you know really thrive I think in environments where we are you know having solidarity and like Carol mentioned safety um, mm -hmm in this particular way. I mean, I love the idea of your your awesome Egyptian women tour and I will definitely come do it one day. And I would do a multi-day trip like that, you know, cause that, those are stories oh. that I'm interested in. And, you know, like Zakia said, there's no statues of real women. There's statues of no. mermaids, you know, and just, yeah. and like in France, I mean, there might be a statue here and there, Joan of Arc, but literally there are no statues of actual real human women. They're, they're mermaids, you know, it's oh. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm sick of that. Oh. <laughs> It's like the, 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 there's an Egyptian feminist, Khoda uh, Sharawi, who was instrumental. And in, she, she, in the early 1900s, she arrived into uh, Ramses Station in Cairo and, and took off her hijab. And that, that, and all the women that had come to meet her, she was quite famous by then already, took off theirs as well. You know, it's a key moment in Egyptian feminist history. Not a statue, not a museum, not anything. I, I would love to do a tour on her, but there is nowhere to go. <laughs> where you can stop there and say, and here, here was where she did this thing, except for Ramesses Station, which is not exactly ideal for a tour. So yeah, it's, it's very, it's, that's, and that's true. Ancient Egyptian women that became like Hatshepsut, there is plenty of stuff for them, although far less than the, than the males, I would say. But 
for anything beyond that, there's just hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lack of representation. We see it every oh. every step yeah. of the way. Even in um, statues. Yeah. Yeah. Even in statues. Oh. Mary, do you do you have a tour that's focused on women? Do you like particularly um, women run restaurants? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely uh, seek out uh, women run minority owned restaurants. Absolutely. Yeah. Every single tour includes probably the majority of the restaurants are women or minority owned. Um, awesome. And we actually are working on a distillery tour, which it reminded me that has a few women distillery owners, which is super awesome. cool. Um, and I think, you know, one thing, it just reminds me of when we were giving a tour, one of our tours is, is uh, U Street, which is basically Black Broadway. So a lot of African-American Black history. Um, and I had one gentleman, and it, it is admittedly about a gentleman, uh, but or a man, but basically he came up and he said he was so excited to hear about all these other black men on the tour that he had never heard of before. He was like, you only hear the same five historical African-American men in any history class you ever take. And the man's name is Francis Cardoza that we were talking about. And he's like, never heard of him. He had a huge impact on a lot of pieces of history, both DC and nationwide. And, you know, so I think just, just telling stories that people haven't heard and kind of shifting that narrative of, you know this woman, but let's talk about these bajillions of other women, right, um, is a huge piece. Um, I want to make sure to plug uh, definitely the tours that do strictly focus on women in D.C. Um, and one is uh, run by Caitlin, and the tour company is called A Tour of Her Own, um, and they focus, they have a lot of different uh, areas of the city that they focus on, but they've also even made a book where, like, it's like, I think 111, you know, women uh, in D.C. history that you can literally stop, and there are, you know, a few whether it's a statue or whether it's like a plaque on a street corner or something like that, where you can literally go see it. Um, and the other one is a little more international, but the woman who runs it is Lauren Bates and the company's called Wild Terrains. And it is like uh, multi-day excursions, which are all women run by women, made for women, all of the above. And so both of those, if, if folks are looking are great to look for. I love that. I love that we can shout out some other, you know, companies and people who are doing awesome things. So thanks for the recommendations, each of you. I do think it's really interesting, Mary, what you said. Um, you know, as tour operators, we are in a position where we are capturing someone's attention or, you know, as guides, particularly the guides have a moment to speak where people are listening. And mm -hmm. so it is, you know, even around my table, when I do a wine tasting, I talk about colonialism and wine, I talk about women and wine because people are listening to me. And so we, oh. I, I would, I would ask the men that might listen to this podcast. And I wonder how many, how many dudes are going to skip over this series, <laughs> you know, cause they're going to think it doesn't apply to them. Yeah. But if you are listening and you're a dude, we need you to tell our stories and, <laughs> and people are listening and we need you to, to listen to us and we need you to talk about us. Mm -hmm. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you know, for, for each of you that's crafting a tour that is telling the stories of women or of underrepresented groups, is it much more challenging than your normal tour itineraries and, and you know, tour creation? Is there is there an extra hurdle that is required here? Yes. Women drivers in Egypt, mm -hmm. there, uh, we had to, in fact, we're going to have to, we've, we have one woman driver, but we're going to have to train more, mm -hmm. basically. Because we have one, that's it, one in the whole of Egypt, in the whole of Cairo. Wow. How about tour guides? Has anybody had difficulty with women tour guides? Yeah, for us, it's no. also a lot. Yeah, it's difficult to recruit women. 
Um, and it's probably now an 80% men, 20% women who start. So we offer our training to anyone who has experienced homelessness in our cities, even when they don't particularly want to be guides. It's more about opening up your opportunities and building up confidence and things like that. And then along the process, then those who do want to become guides can make it known. So, but even at a pure training level, recruiting women is a lot harder. You just have to hassle a bit more, find them a bit more and, and, um, and but similarly finding the content I find is harder than mm. for men, obviously, because in the history books, in the statues, in the names of the streets, the women are not there. Um, so sometimes people, customers will ask, why is it important that, you know, why why do you focus on, on women on a tour? And you say, because that information, I don't believe that information is not there. That information has been erased. So we have to work harder. To, yeah. You know, to, ex exhibitions are not about that. The statues are not. It's not because the women didn't do awesome things and didn't exist. You know, it's just that we purposely didn't put, include them in the narrative. Um, and so we just have to do more research. It takes a lot longer to build a women of Edinburgh tour than another tour. Um, some would say it's a lot, you know, it's quite interesting because it's a bit of a challenge and that's how we try to make it sound and be um but yeah it's it's the reality of it yeah mm. is that the same that you find caroline if you're trying to find you know women run wineries i mean mm. female winemakers that is all word of mouth there are some networks here i mean there are networks now all this stuff is pretty new yeah. i mean really like you know 30 years ago you were not seeing that and there are some incredible pioneering women in every region but we're still few and far between um and it's you know it's funny. I met a guy recently and I was like, oh, I really love your wife's wine. And he has his own wine. He's like, what about my wine? I was like, yeah, but I love her wine. Like, <laughs> I didn't, it's, it's better than yours. I didn't say that, but it is. But it is. Um, no, it's a lot of it's word of mouth. A lot of it is um, sometimes there are networks. I mean, I'm in. I do think I would encourage all women in whatever sector you're in to join, you know, network, networking, professional networking groups for your niche. So I'm in ladies wine, you know, and we, there are other people in tourism in that, but it's a wine group, right? And it would be cool maybe to have a tourpreneur spinoff group, um, and, you know, for women, I, you know, and obviously we don't want to exclude people that maybe you're not men or women or, you know, trans community mm -hmm. and, and LGBTQIA and everybody. I, I do think that women in general, we do hopefully have a lot more solidarity with those groups as well and mm -hmm. can be welcoming to them. But, um, you know, yeah, talk about invisible stories too. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's a lot of work, you know, there's a lot of work to mm -hmm. do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mary, have you found it to be um, extra challenging to to find either women-run restaurants or you mentioned the distilleries as well? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's like challenge accepted, you know, like yeah. I, don't, I don't even think of it as like, it's just part of what we do. And so that's mm -hmm. very literally what we're looking for. And, uh, you know, I, I say this to my guide sometimes, my goal really is to have a tour where like the name George Washington doesn't literally isn't in the script. We're not talking about it. You can go on any other tour and hear as mm -hmm. much as you want, you know, but whatever we can really focus on those untold stories. And um, 
Yeah, but I do think, I mean, maybe it's just the D.C. area, but, you know, we haven't had like a huge struggle with that, which is the good news. And similarly with hiring guides, a lot of times I'll only have a recruit full of women, you know, and then maybe the next round it's all men. It just kind of doesn't seem like there's a rhyme or reason to it here. So maybe we're kind of lucky in that sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make it easier for sure. Yeah, I, did, I, I was just the other day, I just found a female videographer, which I was really excited about because... It seems to me that the vast majority of photographers and videographers here in Egypt are, are, are men. So I was really, and her work is amazing. So, and I just, I was so happy because she's a woman. Yeah. yeah. And, and as Caroline was saying, that solidarity, you know, uplifting other voices and making sure that we're working and collaborating with other women oh. who are entrepreneurs or, you know, trying to, to step into different industries, oh. especially that's hugely, exactly. hugely helpful. Yeah. And, yeah. and the exchange of money, you know, I, I've said this yeah. multiple times, but the exchange of yeah. money, paying women, paying that women videographer means, means something. It matters for us yes. to spend our money on other women. And, you know, Zeki, I, I was wondering, you were saying it was really hard to recruit that, that perhaps one of the reasons for that is that stigma and shame around being homeless is tenfold for women, mm. you know, especially mothers. And maybe, and maybe they, you know, it is a lot harder to, mm. to be open about that vulnerability because it is, it's so scary you know, and that might be a part of it. It's, it's that we have a lot of these challenges and burdens that just exist throughout. And, and we are at a point as leaders, as business owners, where we get to decide who gets our money. And I really do do the extra work because it is extra work, as, as Zaki said as well, to find these stories, like do the extra work to find a female videographer, to find female drivers mm -hmm. and to pay them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would just I mean, for our business, we actually yeah. it's it's just a policy that we pay full price for all the food. I think there are food tour companies out there negotiating discounts and we just wholeheartedly do not agree with that. Yeah, I, think I agree. They deserve every penny yeah. servers get 20 percent like, you know, we're yeah. all in, you know. So, yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. And that's how you build good community, too. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Yeah, well, I think you said that earlier, Caroline, right? Women invest more in their local communities. So yes. case in point right there. <laughs> I love to see that. That's fantastic. Well, I just want to thank all of you for contributing, for sharing your stories, your insights, um, your impassioned words. You know, let's let's keep uh, talking about women in the travel industry and uplifting other women who are doing awesome things, whether 3,000 years ago or today, I think it's all important. So um, thanks to each of you, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank, Thank you, you, Amanda. Thank you.